Hello, everybody, and welcome to the movies. I'm, of course, George, and almost virtually sitting next to me. Will, how are you doing today? Good, how are you doing? At some point, we should convert one of our... I don't know if you have... It would be fun to record them together in the same room. Hopefully, that can happen at some point, but... I think it's definitely a possibility. But it would be fun. Maybe just once a week. Maybe not for both episodes, but once a week, it would be fun to record in the same room. That'd be actually really sick. I I do agree. And we can definitely get to that point. Yes, we can. But this week, um, this is our second episode, of course. Our first one uh, was our review of Jurassic Park, or The Lost World Jurassic Park, that Mm -hmm. really weird name. Um, Yeah. And we were talking about maybe doing Stranger Things in review, but we honestly just had a ton of news come out this week. Right, Will? We had a lot of news, and especially... Just on a random Tuesday. Yeah, there wasn't, and really no rhyme or reason to it. It just kind of just came out all at once. Uh huh. Um, yeah, and, that- and there is a bit of Stranger Things news coming out though. Um, oh, do tell that we can talk about. I think just came out yesterday, actually, that I was just reminded of as you brought up Stranger Things. Mm hmm. Um, so it's, there's been lots of hype about like uh, Stranger Things 4 being the longest season of Stranger Things, right? Right. But apparently, um, we don't know how long it's going to be until now. Um, as the Duffer brothers, um, who are, of course, the creators and showrunners, main directors of Stranger Things, has come out and said, Stranger Things season 4... Episodes 7 and 9 will be feature length. Oh. Wait. So, in terms of the episode lengths? Yeah. So, here is the exact quote from the Duffer Brothers. Um, Episode 7 and 9 are very, very long episodes. Then Mm. Ross Duffer confirmed, to which Matt Duffer added, Oh, yeah. Those are full-blown movies. That's incredible. So, and let's see. Here's another quote from them. I think we are at least halfway, but I think probably over halfway through the season, we're trying to squeeze the story in. And we sat down with our writers and we said, I don't think this is feasible in eight episodes. So we went to Netflix and said, hey, are you okay if we do one more episode? And luckily they were very supportive of that, but that's how we ended up with that extra episode. But it was not originally planned that way. It, was, it wasn't outlined that way. It was always going to be eight, and then it just ended up being too much story. Uh, but yeah, um, apparently there's going to be some long, long episodes. And then Sean Levy, who directed Free Guy, has also been an executive producer on Stranger Things. And he even said there's going to be some episodes that are longer than Free Guy. What the heck? That's actually kind of insane. What are your thoughts about that? Um, honestly, that makes me excited, uh, just because my biggest issue with a lot of kind of like Netflix or like just originals in general is, uh, we're paying for services that don't necessarily have ads in them. Um, but we're still only getting a 45 minute long episode that they dictate more so as an hour long thing. Yeah. I, I, I enjoy longer, longer formed media than I do shorter. Um, I'm more of like a, you know, an HBO drama guy than I am like a normal sitcom guy yeah and this is actually going to tie into our next topic pretty well this uh this topic but i have i have some like hesitations but also some excitement about this uh stranger things being uh like several episodes being uh the the length of feature length films um the first one is it sounds like they're not trying to compromise story at all which is good they're putting the story first which is always a necessity into making great content Mm -hmm. i think that's positive number one uh, negative number one that I have is is that this is still considered a TV show. This is still considered a series. With these longer episodes, is it gonna make is it gonna make the series feel feel dragged out? Is it gonna make it feel like it's dragging on for too long? Like if, if we could have multiple- just stopped and then just resumed in the next episode and just made it instead of uh, eight and nine, made it seven, uh, made it eight, nine, and ten. 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, it sounds like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah if it's longer yeah. than Free Guy. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I'm worried about that. I mean, if it's, if, 
if it's like number one, it's going to make it harder to binge. It sounds like you're going to have to binge through like two movies. I mean, people do that. No problem. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, do I, if, if there's like a, like a feature length movie long episode followed by another like 50 minute episode, is that going to throw off the balance and kind of feel of the show? I wonder, right. That is kind of crazy. I wonder what that's actually going to be like and how that's actually going to be executed. Um, it's going to be really interesting to find out. I'll be really curious because this isn't in say per se, even the final season, right? We still have, yeah, the, there's still a fifth season after this one. Yeah. So then it's even like, is this, is this going to set people's expectations too high for what they're going to be able to achieve or like, how are they going to, you know, continue this going forward as well? Do you know what they might do? What do you think? This is just a complete wacko theory. Um, do you think they'll do a Fear Street strategy? Oh. For those of you who don't know, Fear Street is a trilogy of horror movies that Netflix released one every other month or every month for three months. And if they're just planning on doing like feature length films for Stranger Things, do you think season five could just be like a series of movies released like once every month? For like six months? Or like, that'd be crazy. Maybe like two every month for six months or for three months or something. I don't know. But if these episodes are actually as long as like the creators and directors are saying they are, which they're the ones making, I don't see why we wouldn't believe them. Right. But do you think like the Fear Street route could be something that they're doing? I think that'd be their best bet. What I'd assume is uh, they're going to see about how, how like reflective it is on when it's released, you know, because see if, because this is, because in terms, this is going to be part two, that's going to have the longer episodes, right? Yeah, it's yeah, the ones releasing in July. Yeah. So I'd assume that they'd have season part one come out and see how that does and see the response how people respond to part two with the longer episodes. And if they have a good response to that, they might do that. Um yeah. I do feel like the Fear Street way would be the best bet for them to go about it instead of releasing it all at once, doing a, a monthly yeah. or bi weekly type deal. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. But we only have to wait a week more until we get a bunch of stuff coming just boom, 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 boom for the next. Seems like it's going to be forever. Forever. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, on both parts, we do have Netflix. But going into one of our first stories of the day, um, we finally, finally got our first look at She-Hulk. Yes. I mean, we had a... Didn't we have a teaser or a couple of stills come out maybe a month ago? Yeah, we had the... We've had... I think we had the the main teaser was just like um I think it was like a silhouette and then like the logo and then I think we did get the pictures of her as She-Hulk but we haven't gotten the whole you know seeing what everything's about so far. Yeah. Um and yeah, it's looking true. pretty interesting so far. What were your opinions on the trailer? Number 1, um I got confused for a couple moments especially with um how they made Zoe Zaldana green with body paint. Yes. Why they didn't make She-Hulk green with body paint. Uh, I mean, I don't know how the technicality of films work, but there was some CGI in this that was very questionable. And it looks like the Hulk, you at least, is is monstrous. So I think that's how the VFX pulls together. Since she's more so just a big woman. Yeah. It's kind of uh, it's jarring when you see her VFX-like um, body. Yeah, and um, granted, we still are like three months away from having it, so there's still lots of time for them to fine-tune some things. But at the same time, it was a bit questionable. But other than that, I was a big fan of what I saw from this trailer. Um, Mm -hmm. I think I loved the tone. I loved the humor, kind of what the story is going to be about, kind of like a procedural like law show. Um, I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. So am I, honestly. I feel like it's a cool change of pace. Uh, I I think, at least in terms like my the coolest show that we've had is WandaVision, just because of the aspects that it gave you. But I really yeah. am so curious to see if this is like Law and Order MCU. Yeah, and I'm also a big uh, Mark Ruffalo fan, so I'm really curious to see how much of a role he's going to be playing in here. But also talking about like um, 
uh, people we've seen before. Emil Blonsky, the um, abomination, is, yeah. is there again. Which is cool because we I have was... seen his character in Shang-Chi as the abomination, that is. Yeah. And I just want to know like what his role in everything is because we also know that um, uh, Wong is going to be in the show, which, of course, that's how he was kind of introduced to in Shang-Chi mm-hmm. was with Wong. Um, but yeah, there is, um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that's going to turn out with abomination, like why he's important to the story. Uh, but another thing I'm excited for this, for this movie about is it's nine or sorry, this show about it's nine episodes. Finally, Disney plus is giving us exactly what we've wanted. Yeah. It's nine episodes, which is much better than the, than the six we've been getting. Because I think we both have problems with the um, with the six episode structure. Because there's two main problems that come from the six episode structure. Um, I believe so, at least. Number I one. Saying, I was like, what do you think? It either feels like a drawn out movie. Mm-hmm. Or number two, it just feels like a TV show that just never gets going. Mm-hmm. which I think that was the main issue with Hawkeye. Um, I think, I think that was the main issue with Hawkeye. I don't necessarily think any of the six episode shows feel like a big drawn out movie, but like WandaVision was like a nine episode show. Right. Um, Mandalorians has been eight. So I love how this is going nine episodes. Um, I think it's also good. It'll just help. I, I feel like it's strange that She-Hulk's probably going to be the mo- one of the most like developed new characters that we've got, just because yeah. of the sense that they're not going to have to rush her. But also with what um, what she is, since she's an attorney at law as well, um, uh-huh. I wonder how many other characters this will introduce to us. Um, just because, of course, the other news that actually broke today, or at least during this week, I'm not really sure when it dropped, but was the Daredevil series is in the works at Disney+. Plus. Um, of course, as we know, he is also uh, a lawyer. So can can this be where we see um, Matt Murdock once again? I mean, that's been a very common theory just because they're both kind of in the same profession, same professional realm. Um, and probably uh, this new Disney Plus Daredevil show is obviously not going to be as dark as the Netflix Daredevil show was. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think, like you said, this is the best bet of like, if, we, if I were to pick something where we were to see Matt Murdock again, this would be it. And one thing we got to remember, though, is as far as we know, uh, the show is just being developed. Like, there's no script or story for it. So the show's probably still a good year and a half, two years away. Oh, yeah. Is my guess. So I don't know if... But you know, finding right their own characters and things. We do, but usually they, like, are become relevant again pretty quickly, I right. feel like. So I don't know if Matt Murdock's going to be in here for that reason but it definitely would make sense for him to put it on his, in this show. I would probably like 50, 50, if we were to see Charlie Cox back uh, in this show as right. daredevil. Also, is it confirmed that he's returning as daredevil? I thought so. Cause I, I didn't look into it that hard. I kind of just saw it and I was like, all right, well, if it's in the works, as you were saying, it's, it's a, it's quite a few, few years away from us more than likely. I mean, I'm assuming so. I mean, let's see what, people have to say here um i don't i don't think it's confirmed but isn't it assumed at this point especially with d'onofrio being a kingpin again and then seeing yeah. charlie cox in spider-man exactly that's how like i was feeling i'm like there's no way you can switch it up now and it anger more people than anything um i don't know also, i'm not i do have sorry, a yeah. oh i have a kind of interesting question for you okay so we have um the abomination in terms returning and with his original actor from the universal pictures, right? Yeah. What are the odds that this, that we see the Hulk in this series and this is what actually gets us our finally, like if anything, like an, an, a Hulk TV show based off of the Mark Ruffalo character. You know, I'm still not sure how the rights work there. Because, believe it or not, Universal still owns the distribution rights, I'm pretty sure, for standalone Hulk movies. This is true. I 
I don't know if that applies to standalone Hulk TV shows. Right? That's where I was kind of confused at. Yeah, and I think since Abomination is not like a main character, Disney has free reign to use him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm still not sure if we're ever going to get a Hulk standalone project ever. And I still don't know why Universal is so like dedicated on just like keeping that those rights. I wonder if they're like, like how how Sony can come to a deal with Marvel if like they cannot get Universal to budge whatsoever. Yeah, but like Sony's like I mean, Sony's like doing everything to keep Spider-Man. Like they're doing that random El Muerto movie. <laughs> they're, came out of absolutely extremely nowhere. fun uh random uh spider-man movie villain yeah. stuff uh it, it's so weird yeah so i have no idea what's actually gonna happen there i, I can only imagine there no idea like it, they probably were like well why do you need spider-man and they're like well there's gonna be a multiverse and then sony starts rubbing their hands like so there's a stonyverse right and they're like uh, no and they're like come on, do you really want to have Spider-Man in another movie? And they're like, yes, fine, yeah. whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Uh, but yeah, that, so that'll, that'll be exciting times question. to see. Yeah, yeah that's um, an interesting question. We have the movie coming out. I'm the movie. Hula. TV show coming out August 17th, so relatively soon. Um, and like uh, we said, it's going to be nine episodes. So which is going to take us... us to... Yeah, that's what I was going to ask so you. go ahead. Oh, go you're ahead. good. You were answering the question. Eight, nine. So that takes us to about October twelfth, mm-hmm. right? And some of the news that we have come out with is, um, I guess we're kind of jumping over our sheet a little bit, but this kind of relates in a sense. Yeah. Um. So let's go back to um. I believe uh, Miss Marvel is still going to be just six episodes. Yes. So that's taken us to about July 13th. Then we'll have to wait for about a month till the next uh, premium content Disney Plus show, August 17th, for She-Hulk. Uh, She-Hulk's nine episodes takes us to about October 5th. Mm-hmm. But then, re- recently announced, uh, not exact release dates, but kind of like general time area release dates for... Uh, the three upcoming Star Wars shows. Exactly, this they, is true. Is this what you're going with? Is this where you're going? Yeah. Okay, so they said Andor is coming out in late summer, mm-hmm. which August is late summer. Which I'm wondering, is it supposed to fill? Because what, isn't it six weeks between uh, last episode of Ms. Marvel or Ms. Marvel and then She-Hulk? Um, yes, it's about a month between Miss Marvel and She-Hulk. See, so I was wondering if that's going to be like the filler. You know what? I think Andor, because right now there's going to be about, um, how much, how long? Let's see on May 27th. Uh, let's see. Let's see. One, two, there's going to be four weeks of Miss Marvel and Obi-Wan overlapping, releasing episodes in the same week. Yes. There's going to be four weeks of that. So are you saying the power's going to continue? I think so. I think Star Wars TV shows are going to be going back to released Friday because they said Andor's releasing late summer. Well, if Andor was to release after She-Hulk, that would be October, which is the fall. Mm -hmm. So I have to believe that Andor is going to have some overlap with She-Hulk. Because once you get into September, that's considered fall. Like, August is like the last, like, summer, summer I would month. say. Yeah, September's right? kicking off the fall. Right, and so if She-Hulk comes out August 17th, I think we're going to see uh, Andor come out August 26th, which is a Friday, or even September 2nd, which is a Friday. Interesting. Um, I, th- I think that's about the area we're going to see Andor come out. See, because I'm wondering if they want to see how things go between um, like Ms. Marvel and Obi-Wan. Like I how, do- how, how things do with the double release for the week? 
Yeah, just to make sure that everyone's watching. I think it being spread out from Wednesday and Friday is good. But I also think a lot of people like, you know, you don't you work Wednesday, you come home, you don't really want to watch anything. You want to like have dinner and then get ready for bed and continue your week. And then Friday's the day where you watch stuff or Friday, Saturday, something like that. I wonder if it's like, you know, someone's going to prefer watching Star Wars over Ms. Marvel or if it's the fact that um, they want everyone to watch both episodes like kind of back to back sort of deal. I don't know. I mean, we saw Loki and we've seen Marvel have huge uh, success uh, with uh, Wednesday premieres. Yeah. So I don't think that's an I don't think that's an issue because mm-hmm. um, I I kind of love having these like double releases in a week. Oh, yeah. No, I'd much rather have more content than less content. Right. But yeah, I think andor is gonna be releasing like two weeks after the first episode of she hulk just to drive people into she hulk give it its time to shine but then star wars will just pull everyone back into that universe yeah mm-hmm. and i don't know how many episodes andor is gonna be yeah we just got the we got the estimated release and then nothing else because they've already confirmed uh season uh two of andor which is kind of wild before yes. even like getting one, you know. So Wikipedia, I'm not seeing any like reliable news source mm-hmm. with this, but a lot of places are apparently saying Andor is going to be 12 episodes. Holy cow! I don't know. So that makes me really excited. So if Andor, let's say, if, this is a bunch of speculation. If Andor drops September 2nd. That takes us to 1, 2, uh, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That takes us till November 18th. Holy cow. Okay. And then they and said Mandalorian is... Late 2022, early 2023. 20... Yes. Which would take us right to then. And you'd probably have a week break, you'd assume, before it would drop. You don't think it'd go... Boom, Andor's over and boom, Mando 3, right? No, I think they might do a Mando like December 30th or something, like right before the new year. Mm. Like give us like a week break, week, uh, like a week breather. Because I think that isn't She-Hulk the last um, Marvel show to come out this year? Okay, is is The Marvels, is that a TV show or a movie? <laughs> that's a movie. That's... Oh, okay, that's where I've been lost. Um, then yeah, I think yeah. it is the last scheduled one. Yeah. And then we have Ahsoka coming out uh, sometime in 2023. Wait, there is one last project we're forgetting, though, that's going to be on Disney+. Plus. What are we forgetting? The Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, I think that is the last, the holiday special is the last thing that we're getting from Marvel this year, or like from that specifically. Yeah. I mean, I think Black Panther's coming out in November. Yeah. Still, I think. But yeah, I think, like, to sum this up, I think we're going to stick seeing Marvel Wednesdays, Star Wars Fridays. I think that's going to be the plan for the future. Yeah, I think that's the easiest way to go about. I'm just double-checking if anything is going on beyond this. Yeah. Um, Secret Invasion is still a TBA 2022. Which I don't think that's 2022. No, that's probably it's Anymore. more definitely pushed back. Because I know I Am Groot was like the last one, but I think it had a bunch of delays, and I think it's been pushed out of 2022. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think, yeah, uh, other than the holiday special, that's it. Yeah. And then, um, leading into the next topic, I guess, speaking of all these Star Wars TV shows. Going into um, one- the news that we got the most of. Yes, lots of Star Wars stuff happening. And talking about a Star Wars Disney Plus shows, um, one of the ones I was really looking forward to was Lando. Uh, a Lando Calrissian show uh, starring Donald Glover because uh, he was one of my favorite parts about Solo. I think he was like universally one of the people's favorite parts about Solo. Yes. Um, but, however, Lucasfilm came out and basically said that they're not they're committing to not recasting any more classic Star Wars characters after the box office failure of Solo a Star Wars story. This is a quote that comes from Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy um saying 
There should be moments along the way when you learn things. Now it does seem so abundantly clear that we can't do that. Of course, like I said, referring to the box office failure of Solo, a Star Wars story. Now, for those of you that don't know how much of a failure Solo was, let me read or say some numbers to you. Okay. Solo Star Wars Story uh, made $392 million worldwide. Mm -hmm. Okay. Its budget was $275 million. Oh my gosh. Meaning that they needed to make anywhere from $650 to $700 million just to break even. And they made under $400 million. Yikes. So... Obviously, this was an experiment that they tried and failed. Did you like Solo? I thought it was cool. I, it was okay. It was sort of disappointing because, um, you know, like this was our second sort of like spinoff film. Yeah, yeah. Because we had Rogue One, which I thought was brilliant. And then this, and I was like, uh -huh. it's it's fun, but it's not like, it wasn't like Star Wars fun to me, you know? Yeah, I mean, I still had a lot of fun with it. Um, mm -hmm. On my Star Wars list of like where it ranks, it's not the highest. It's definitely not the lowest either. It's it ranks at about eight out of eleven. Mm -hmm. So it's not something I do like it more than episodes one and two because I did have fun with it. Mm -hmm. It was a fun adventure film, but like you said, it didn't necessarily feel like Star Wars because it was just kind of hard for me to believe that someone else could play a character that Harrison Ford made so iconic. Yeah. And that's kind of what I like, but they're, they're saying this coming off like uh, the horizon of uh, Obi-Wan show about to come out, which is a recast of recast a character. Of character. Yeah. But, but I, I think it's a fair thing to do. Yeah. Um, and to also be like worried of. Yeah. I mean, one thing and now is it finally feels like Lucasfilm is actually listening and coming up with plans, which was so not there beforehand. No, exactly. Um, but that's the one question I did have. Are they still going to continue with the Lando? With so the that, Lando show? So um, uh, from what I what I've seen. Um, and this is this is a quote because uh, when Donald Glover was on Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Kimmel actually asked him about the project. When was and, this? Uh, in March, end of March okay. of this year. Okay. Uh, so the quote is, he laughs, am I? And he said, no, yeah. You know, I have a lot of things. I like to blossom and then go away. And right now it's definitely the start of another one of those. I have like a ton of stuff I've been working on, but I just wanted it all to come out at the same time. I feel like that's what's important to me. So he didn't uh, directly say that he's not working on it. He didn't directly say that any of the projects he is working on is Lando, but he said he's takes on a lot of things, does them all, and then takes a long break. Hmm. And if, if we've known him from like music and stuff, uh, or even just looking at his TV show Atlanta, which all of a sudden had like a three-year hiatus, then finally came back. Um, yeah. he's, he's not shy to be blunt about how he works. Right, right. I mean, are you interested in the Lando show? Oh, no. Uh, like, like you said, um, Glover was probably my favorite character in, the, um, mm -hmm. in, in that movie. And yeah. seeing more of him, I, I'm a, I'm just a huge fan of him overall. I like his music. I like I like the person that he is. I loved him in Community. I just I don't think this man can do no wrong, honestly. Yeah, like he's such a charismatic person. I kind of relate his leave to Community to uh, Carell's leave in the office. Yep. Where the show just went downhill fast after they left. Yeah, and you didn't really think that it would, but then you're like, no, you're the whole personality behind everything, pretty much. Yeah, and so I'm always there to see more Lando, but more Glover, but this also kind of makes me excited that they're going to be focusing on kind of like original storytelling. Cause mm -hmm. he also said that they're going to be done with the Skywalker saga. Yeah. And like, I it's know they talked about like, new. exactly. I know a long time ago, they talked about like having a Yoda standalone movie. But yeah, wasn't like, that announced with, um, the, the solo it was, film. It was announced with like the Boba Fett movie that Josh Trank was going to do. Oh yeah. That eventually think, formed into Mandalorian. Kind of. Yeah. Kind of, but yeah, but yeah, I mean, I don't need to know about, 
origins of characters that I already know and love. Some prequels are fine, but in reality, I like things moving forward or taking spots a long time in the past. If we're do doing a prequel, like let's say something set between episodes two and three, give me something like the Clone Wars where mm-hmm. it expands on something or episodes between three and four. Give me something like Rebels or between episodes five and six. Give me something if it's new characters. I just this character, this universe is so big and so huge that there's so much room for new characters. So I'm excited that Lucasfilm is actually like committing to not recasting any more classic characters because that tells me that they are focusing on making more things original uh, with new like stories, characters we haven't heard of, and I love that. Well, I thought it was interesting. Um, well, one, it's like. I think Lando is one of the like Lando wasn't a main character. I think that's what makes him interesting in this side right. note. As you were saying, yeah. like Harrison Ford is Han Solo and recasting him just feels wrong. Uh-huh. Um, of course, uh Lando was really iconic in like the seventies and eighties with um uh, I can't remember who played him, but same sort of deal. Um going forward, like we do have uh the Ahsoka series that's coming out, which is an established character that we've actually grown more like we know more about but only because if you've experienced clone wars and everything too yeah um, yeah so it's like it's like they're not afraid to go away from what fans want but they're also not, they're not afraid to tackle what fans want but also are okay with um trying new things as uh we can see with the announcement of john watts's movie or more details on john watts star wars film yeah, and so we talked a little bit ago about, um, I think we mentioned that John Watts is stepping away from Marvel's Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. I yeah, thought w- that was because they got John Krasinski to come direct the Fantastic Four movie. No, it's because Feige needed him. It's, it's because apparently John Watts left because he's going into a galaxy far, far away. Um, he is developing and showrunning uh, probably directing a new Star Wars show. And this and, is what r- really gets me is the description of the show that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 1980s Amblin Entertainment style adventure film set in the Star Wars universe. And for those of you who don't know uh, what they mean by like Amblin adventure films. Um, Amblin is kind of like Steven Spielberg's uh, production company. And they've made so they made so many iconic classic um, adventure movies in the 1980s. Uh, for example, uh, let me uh, just read a couple of them to you, shall I, George? I mean, you uh, should, as long as you mention my favorite horror movie of all time, Poltergeist. No, Jaws. So, Jaws, yes. Uh, but Poltergeist, uh, E.T., Gremlins, The Goonies. Back to the Future, Young Sherlock Holmes, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Land Before Time, Back to the Future Part 2. Like, these are the movies that's kind of like in the vein of what this new Star Wars series is going to be. And it sounds like John Watts is looking to cast actors uh, between the ages of ages of 11 and 12. Which is horrible because so we is... just barely fall out of there, right? I know. Oof. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's like mixing like Stand By Me with the Goonies with Stranger Things, but set in the Star Wars universe. That sounds amazing. No, it sounds sounds like he's taking everything that we love from those movies. Um, Yeah, because it definitely sounds like it's going to look more 1970s original trilogy than, you know, the prequels or even the Skywalker saga. Yeah, well, this is taking place in the same area of Mandalorian after episode six. We don't know how much longer after episode six it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's taking place between uh, the fall of the Empire and the rise of the First Order. Interesting. That'll be really cool. Yeah, and um, especially and is... like John Watts's Star Wars movies were kind of compared to John Hughes in the sense that they were coming of age type stories. Yeah. And so with him doing kind of this like vein of just like 80s adventure movies with like 11 and 12 year olds, I mentioned it briefly before. It reminds me a lot of Stranger Things and I'm totally here for it. 
And it's really cool and, um, because yeah. these are going to be characters that if they are casting that 11 to 12 year old range um, where uh, if these movies do well, which I assume they will, regardless, um, their uh -huh. sequels and stuff, we're going to have new characters to grow with. Exactly. And this kind of also is reminding me a lot of what Marvel is doing. Because it felt like, especially, I felt like starting out with Winter Soldier, it was a political thriller movie set in the Marvel Universe. Mm -hmm. You know, Ant-Man was a heist movie set in the Marvel Universe. Exactly. Um, there's just a lot of different, like, genres within the Marvel movies, which I think has made it stay prevalent and kind of fresh for so long, that it feels like Star Wars is going to start doing that. Like, this is a coming-of-age story set in the Star Wars universe. Which I guess just, you could also say in terms is the first couple. <laughs> is what? Is a coming-of-age for, like, you know, Luke. Yeah, but, like, that's that's not really... I mean, that is similar, but, like, having, like, a stand-by-me or a Stranger Things in the Star Wars universe... Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, I get, I get what you're getting at. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, that just is sounds so, so. Um, just gets me so excited to see what other genres are gonna mess with or try with in the future. Well, and the very interesting thing about this is, um, besides John Watts coming, this is uh, this is the first like Feige produced Star Wars film as well, correct? No, so this isn't. This John Watts thing is gonna be a series. Oh. it's a TV show, and it's not the project that Kevin Feige is working on. Interesting. Yeah, so I this John Watts thing is different than the Feige project we've been talking about. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. It was announced by. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so yeah, I'm excited to see what other genres. That's another interesting question for you because if I think it's fair to say, um, I think Rogue One dabbled on it being a little bit of a war film set in the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. But I think it's fair to say, but like even Mandalorian was a Western set in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Like as far as like the Skywalker saga goes, they're pretty much all like relatively the same. Yeah. I feel like. Kind of like uh, Jurassic which, Park, the first one did it right, and then all the others were like, hey, okay, we're trying. <laughs> yeah, right. So what genre would you want to see take place in the Star Wars universe? Um, honestly, the one that I'd look for the most is like um, is like more of a like a spooky one, like a horror one. Not in the terms yeah. of like, oh, there's a slash or anything, but like um, making the Sith a lot or or something along those lines a lot more darker than how they seem in some of the films. Like, you know, yeah, they're I mean, the bad guys, but like how bad are they really type deal? Because that always happens in the background. We never actually see that because we're always focused on the hero the entire time. Right. Which we might be getting in the one of the next upcoming shows that are still being developed, The Acolyte. Really? Which is going to be... Uh, have you heard of The Acolyte? I have not. So The Acolyte is a show that's being developed by the creator of the Netflix show Russian Dolls. Uh-huh. Um, and it's going to be about the Sith, and it's going to be taking place 100 years before The Phantom Menace. Oh, okay. That'll be sick. So you might be getting a bit of that darker Sith tone in The Acolyte there. Mm -hmm. yeah no i'm in terms of like the way you're saying i'm <laughs> both stranger things is a uh coming of age kind of thing but also a scary show that's kind of like what i'm looking for is is the the way that stranger things story is established yeah yeah where it has um, darker tones to it as well i think that'll be right. that's a really interesting thing that you can do since we've always seen either Mainly, mainly point of view from the hero and then kind of like the middle ground with Mandalorian and everything like that. Right. And I personally, um, I mean, I don't know if you watch Star Wars Visions on Disney Plus. I have not, now. It's a series of, they, they brought in about like eight different um, anime studios to make Star Wars shorts mm -hmm. in it. And they're all just like 15 to like 20 minute contained stories made by various anime studios. Didn't one but of the them first... get signed on to do a complete series? I'm not sure about that. I thought there was something, but continue. Sorry. 
There might be. No, you're good. But they're, the first episode of Visions is called The Duel, and that's kind of just like a full-on kind of like samurai Japanese style. Obviously, it's anime, but like a full-on samurai type story. And George Lucas was inspired by like those samurai films when he was first creating Star Wars. But going like full head deep into that would be something I would be totally here for. That'd be kind of sick, like pre-pre-everything type deal. Yeah, I think mm. doing like some old Republic style stuff and kind of the Japanese samurai feel would be awesome. That would actually be super uh, cool. I'm also for yeah. that. Yeah, but like kind of going away from the TV shows a little bit. And a little bit further um, in the future. Yeah, um, there's been uh, not a lot of talk on upcoming movies about uh the in the star wars universe it's all been tv 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 we've TV, known TV some and then feige pro- right exactly we've known some tv we've known some details about t- some movies like patty jenkins director of wonder woman is developing a rogue squadron show which is going to be like a top gun in space type deal which i was so pumped for when that got announced which sounds really good but then another little project we heard a little bit about was Taika Waititi was writing and directing one. Of course, he did Thor Ragnarok's doing Thor Love and Thunder. He was also, uh, oh shoot, what's the character he played in Mandalorian? Uh, IG-8 or IG-11? I can't remember which one it was. But then he also directed, I believe, the finale of the season one of Mandalorian. But apparently the next Star Wars movie to come out is most likely going to be Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie. Which sounds nuts. I mean, we don't have a lot of details about what the movie's going to be about or what time period it's going to take place in. I think we're kind of talking about what? Just knowing the director, though. Yes. Um, but we, as kind of like George, we talked about before we uh, started recording, um, it's where that all this information kind of came out uh, before Star Wars Celebration. And now we're so, both wondering how much information we're going to get. Which makes me think we're going to get a lot more information uh, kind of uh, with more specifics about what Taika Waititi's Star Wars movie is going to be. But apparently the next one is going to be Taika Waititi's movie followed by Rogue Squadron and then probably followed by uh, whatever Kevin Feige's movie is going to be. Which I mean is promising, but it sucks that we don't have any dates or any sort of time frame or anything yet, at least. Yes, I believe. um, I don't. I, it's hard for me to believe that uh, Taika Waititi's movie is going to be coming out in 2023. I mean, possibly, but right. I don't know how like far along production or pre-production they've already have done. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know what's currently on or slated as the release schedule for in 2023. But another quote that I'm hoping is taken serious that Kathleen Kennedy said was, um, and she quoted, and this is all these quotes we're saying is coming from like the Vanity Fair Star Wars edition that came out um, just to quote them and credit them. But Kathleen Kennedy said, I hesitate to use the word trilogies anymore because Star Wars is much more about persistent storytelling. Are we going to get just standalone Star Wars movies with potentials of sequels? I sure hope so. I think that's the best I way sure they can do it. so. Um, yeah. giving us new characters to work with and, you know, taking what worked and what didn't and then changing uh, it into a new film and then bringing back old characters would be kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, talking about the other mega Disney franchise, Marvel, um, you can't, I mean, with how that's set up, you can't really do stories like before Iron Man. Yeah. It's like Iron Man was the start of it. So that very much has to be like linear sequential storytelling. Because it also takes place in the modern day. How about right. Star Wars? With you can basically put a story however far in the future you want, or however far in the back you want, or even like in a time period you're familiar with, but somewhere in a planet that's way distant out there. You can mm-hmm. have those great standalone stories that don't connect to anything, and I'm starting to crave those more than ever. With everything seeming to connect now, I mean, I love when things connect. But oh, sometimes you just want a breath of fresh air a little bit and just want to watch it's all an own self-contained story. Oh, but just you're 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 sometimes. just you're just not ready for the season finale of Lando of uh, Ma- uh, Mando when um 
Mando's laying in his bed and a portal opens up and Obi-Wan uh, reaches down and grabs <laughs> oh, gosh. and tells him he needs him in the multiverse. And then you just go, well, I, I don't know how this works anymore. Oh, man. What would that actually look like? You don't even um, want to know. Anyways, but Mandalorian was so great because it's its own contained story. It's this one guy who has a goal and he's doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Obi-Wan is going to be as contained as it can be, but you have to have Vader in it. But right. like having like, I mean, I remember I was so excited for the Mandalorian, partly because like I know nothing about these characters. I don't know where this is going to go at all. I mean, even if we, even though we didn't know any characters in Rogue One, I'm just like, I know where the story ends up. Because the movie was advertised as how we got the Death Star plans. True. And like, so like Mandalorian, just like, okay, it's a show about a lone gunslinger making his way across the galaxy. With a cute alien. But that's the thing. When they advertised the show, trailers, we knew nothing about Grogu. Oh, yeah, no, that was, he was completely out of the blue. We didn't know anything about, um, I don't know, about like anything about that show. Um, another, uh, just a thing to throw on to that. Uh, do we know if we're, just because looking at everything, do we, are we getting another book of Boba Fett or was that just a, a one-time deal? Oh gosh, I sure hope not. Yeah, because I'm um, like, that's the one thing that they, they haven't talked about yet. How did that show end? Honestly, I don't even remember. I didn't like it that much. I kind of tried to eliminate it from my memory bank. I mean, the one thing that kind of makes me ticked off about kind of gets under my skin about the Book of Boba Fett show is when you had those two episodes that were just Mandalorian episode or season two and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, those were stories I was looking forward to seeing complete in a Mandalorian show. Yeah. I felt like those storylines were so rushed because they're trying to fit in within the scopes of a Boba Fett show that if they were put in Mandalorian's own show, we could have had so much more juicier story about everything. Oh, easily, 100%. I digress. Um, Book of Boba Fett was a really weak show, but I'm still excited for all the Star Wars stuff that is going to be coming, and hopefully next week when we get Obi-Wan... Ooh, I can't believe that's actually next week. Like, I can't believe that's coming next week. Only one episode, um, but it'll be good. Only one episode, and hopefully. we're only getting six episodes. But and hopefully She-Hulk starts something else. Yes, yes. But like I said, I'm super excited for uh, Obi-Wan. I'm super excited for Andor. Uh, I am super excited for Ahsoka. Super excited for the Acolyte. Super excited for Lando if that's still going to happen. The future is bright. And I really can't wait to see what we're going to get with these upcoming projects. But one thing, Will. These new Star Wars projects are so far away. If I wanted to know what's coming to the box office this weekend, do you know what movies those be? Ah, great segue. Um, Yes, there are two... Um, wide release movies opening up this week. We have the sequel to the first Downton Abbey movie, which was a sequel to the show. Uh, Downton Abbey 2, I can't even remember its subtitle at the moment. But Downton Abbey is the type of show that just puts me straight to sleep, so I didn't even bother watching the first one. I might surprise myself and watch the second one. Who knows? A new era. A new era. There you go. Um, but Downton Abbey 2, and then the other movie coming out is Men which is a weird horror film from director Alex Garland, which a lot of people haven't heard about, but he directed uh, movies like Annihilation, uh, Ex Machina. He did Ex Machina? Um, he did do Ex Machina. Oh my gosh. Which I haven't so uncomfortable. seen either of those movies, but like you just said, I heard his movies that make people uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, weird. But yeah. Um, uh ex machina domestic opening made under a million it only made about 37 million dollars worldwide yeah um annihilation didn't do much better um annihilation it has oscar isaac and natalie portman that's so weird yeah i mean oscar isaac was also in uh, ex machina that's true 
Um, there's actually a lot of MCU people on Annihilation. Yeah, uh, what Benedict the heck? Wong, Tessa Thompson, Natalie Portman. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cast, cast, MCU cast. But Annihilation only made $11 million uh, domestic opening. Uh, worldwide, $43 million. And they're still letting him um, make movies. Yes, I mean, especially with budgets being as big as they are. Um, I don't know, but Men, I don't see doing too well. Um, no. I don't think Men is a movie people are flocking out to see or I've even heard of because I haven't seen basically any marketing for men myself. I've seen two and I had no idea it was a movie until I clicked on it because all it does, literally the marketing that I've seen is just, it says like men and it says in theaters. And I go, what is what? <laughs> yeah. So the question I have for myself is, am I finally going to, uh, should I stop underestimating everything everywhere all at once? like by putting it at number five, but at some point it's going to have to end. So for this week, I have starting my number five slot. I have men. So do coming I hang out. I mean, I don't think it's going to do very well because if we look at a last weekend's box office, my mm-hmm. number four, I have Sonic. Yeah. Um, I don't think Firestarter is going to be in the top five. I think that's going to drop off hard. Yeah. If it has, but- it's like 40% drop off. It's, it's out of there. I'm yeah. So Sonic, I mean, maybe I maybe I should have Sonic at five and Men at two, or Men at four, Four. because Sonic made four point six, dropping only twenty two percent. If it drops still only fifty percent, it's gonna be like at two point three million. I just don't see men making much more than two million so i think i am still going to keep minute four or minute five, five sonic at four four do you have the bad guys at three i do i do as well um but then i think number one and two where do you have the new release downtown abbey a new era i have downtown abbey under dr strange for number two i think downtown abbey is going to overtake dr strange and be number one how much do you think the drop off on dr strange is going to be <laughs> Well, saying that the first week drop off was sixty seven percent. Uh huh. Um, I'm actually gonna pull up uh, for Ragnarok's box office real quick. Let's see how much. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't know why this movie, but as far as the drop off goes, I mean, I have so much pressure on me because I basically nailed it last week. I know. If you mess up this time, no one's ever gonna believe you again. Oh, I know. Uh, but let's see the domestic. I'm trying to find the opening. Oh, it had a re-release in 2020. Yeah, a bunch of movies did because nothing was showing. Because oh, nothing and was so showing. So they just kept showing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was a. So let's see. It, oh, it did a 53 percent drop from week one to week two. Then 62 percent from there. Yeah, mm. and so. I think Downton Abbey is basically going to do identical to what the first movie did, which was about 31 million opening weekend. Right. And Doctor Strange is at 67 right now, right? So and a 30 a 50% a 50% drop would take uh, Doctor Strange's 67 to about 34 million. Yes. But I think it's going to drop more than 50. I think it's going to drop like a 60% to mm-hmm. make Downton Abbey barely go above it at around that 30 million mark. I th- Do you think this Downtown Abbey is going to do more or less than the last one? I think it's going to be identical. I, I think it'll hit like 34. I think it'll make a couple more million. Because the first Downton Abbey didn't come out during a pandemic. Yeah. And Downton Abbey definitely has its fan base. So I think everyone who saw it the first time is going to see it the second time, but I don't think Downton Abbey has gained any fans or lost any fans by the time the first one came out to now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one thing you got to take into account also is that I don't think it's going to be a factor that much, but something interesting to note is that Downton's Abbey's audience is usually older. And I still don't know how comfortable older people are coming out to theaters true i mean that's a big generalization that i i just don't know so that's why i pose the question i honestly do not know how comfortable they are coming to theaters again 
No, he but just I doesn't honestly... like old people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just uh, think that, um, like I said, I don't think it's it's gained any audience. I also don't think it's lost any audience. Okay, so I have... I'm, I'm agreeing with you on the Downtown Abbey now after looking at the Thor Ragnarok um, drop after on its third week. I do have an interesting thing swinging back to men. Okay. So... Um, a24 still has a ton of fans and I feel like people will go out to see a24 movies regardless um, Everything everywhere all at once was kind of like the weird one where it was like it just picked up steam as it went on week from week from week Yeah So I went to like the first obscure kind of horror movie that I know from a24 and that was hereditary Uh-huh It's opening weekend did 13 million But when was that when was that released that was 2018 in june june of 2018 okay um no yeah that's interesting um then i wonder because i could see at this point i could see men overtaking sonic i don't know about the bad guys but i didn't even know hereditary did that i thought hereditary would have had more of a gaining steam week by week than an original release date thing I mean, I did see a lot more press for Hereditary than I am seeing for men. That's a good point, yeah. Um, especially um, going into it. Because if you go to Everything Everywhere All at Once, how much did that make opening weekend? I'm pretty sure like under a million. It made... Da -da -da -da. Domestic weekend. Uh, yeah, 500,000. Yeah, so I honestly don't see that being too well. And obvious, if men's, like, even though it is considered a wide release, I believe all you need to do to be considered a wide release is um, a thousand theaters or more. Uh-huh. Uh, Sonic 2 is still playing in over 3,000 theaters. Oh, okay. I don't think... I honestly don't know how many theaters men's going to open in. But like A24 usually doesn't get out to a lot of theaters to the scale as like, for example, Firestar that also bombed last weekend was in a 3,400 theaters. Right. Right. And I just don't see men with number one, the low appeal it has. And number two, the low amount of theaters it's probably going to be shown in. Mm -hmm. I don't, I still don't see it passing Sonic. Oh, you and could it could be, be right. Weird. Yeah, you could be right. I think Are I think we're more likely to mess up on the bottom half than the top half after looking at that Ragnarok. I, I'm gonna put Downtown Abbey at one, Doctor Strange down to two now. Um, yeah, men might screw us up, but I think we're pretty safe. Yeah, men might men might screw us up, but I honestly still don't see because um, even just like a obviously like another like low appeal. Um, it's just low appeal. I just don't hear many people talking about it. Right. And unless I you're just, probably a fan of the director, which it doesn't seem like many people are, even though his movies I mean, are well-reviewed. But honestly, I think it's one of those cases where it's like those, like, I don't know, probably going to bury, dig my own grave here, shoot myself in the foot here. But it doesn't, it seems like Garland is one of those directors where people say they like him to sound cool. Yeah. He's like an art house director. Yeah, but in reality, like when you say he's your favorite director, like 9.9 .9 out of 10 people don't know who the heck you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine. I mean, the so, fact that you pulled that out, I was like, what? How did you know this? Yeah, but I you know a ton that. of crap. Yeah, and I do have a lot of useless random information in the back of my head. Hey, but let me tell you, it's so useful here, and I love to hear everything you've got to say about things. Oh, I do love talking to you as well, too. It is fun. Uh, but It is fun. So that's what our outtake or outlook on the box office is this weekend. Of course, we'll come back with you an episode Tuesday, more than likely, and get you our how close we were, how right we were in that term. Yeah, and also Tuesday, you can expect a Jurassic Park 3 review uh, featuring the talking raptor. Alan. 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 <laughs> Alan. Ah. <laughs> uh. Oh, um, I, well, I forgot about another Marvel show coming out soon. Mm. Probably because they don't really care about it. 
Um, Echo. Echo's coming out? I mean, in 2023 it is. Oh, isn't that the... Wait, wasn't that the weird spinoff from Hawkeye? Yeah. And Meaning doesn't I have that, zero interest in that Yeah, show. I feel like th- that had... I think that confirmed that Charlie Cox is coming back. Uh, most likely. Echo Forever actually ago. might be a property where we see Charlie Cox. Yeah. Interesting. But anyways, I just opened up my phone and that appeared on Instagram. I'm just like, oh shoot, I totally forgot about that. It was like, nope, there's one more. <laughs> yep. Uh, yep, yep. Cool. Well, I had a great time talking with you. I had a great time talking to you. Uh, once again, I am Will. And I'm George. And thank you for coming to the movies with us. See ya. Bye.